Welcome to Made In, podcast about Asian Canadian stories told by Asian Canadians. Each episode, we share stories about navigating through life as Asian Canadian women in Toronto. Hi guys. Hello. Welcome back to Made In. We're always saying welcome back because we're always absent. <laughs> yes, and also, actually we weren't always absent, but it's just we took a little bit of a break. Yeah. So treat it like a first season because this is going to be a little heavy. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit on the darker side than I guess what our normal episodes are like, but and it's so relevant. I did try to watch um, Love is a, is a Bonus book. You like didn't the watch Korea, it? The K-drama. Yeah, I'm yeah, trying yeah. to watch it right now. I need to wrap my head around it. Oh my God, I'm so bit. proud of you. Thank it's, you. It's a little bit hard. Like, maybe because I don't, not because, it's not because of the subtitles, but I'm trying to wrap my head around that premise again. You know, yes, K-drama. it's very fluffy and it's yeah. very colorful and bubbly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know how I will ever be able to watch a Netflix show or any show without subtitles. I legit can't hear without subtitles. I, I need it just to clarify. Yeah, you that's know? right. And you don't speak Korean, yeah. so that makes sense. And but. that makes sense. But I used to watch a lot of K-dramas, so I guess it's just like me. I've been watching a lot of American dramas, so now I'm like, okay... Let me get, get back into this new it. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, but I'm excited, so that's I'm great. so happy. Please send me all your um, live streaming as you're watching the episodes. That's I totally so will. Okay. Um, but my life has been so dedicated to this uh, election. Upcoming election. Okay. Crazy. Maybe dumb question. I got, like, the thing in the mail. Do, yeah, do yeah, I have yeah. to register on top of that? Or does that is that no, my that's what you register? Should, you could bring. There was it. something, like, if you want to do an early vote, so some people already voted. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. can do it. But I think you just bring that slip of paper. Okay, and honestly, it's really stupid, but I don't know exactly because... Aren't you the, like... I know, The main source of election journalist I'm over here? I, like, I, like it's, it's hard because I think if I wasn't in this industry, I would not know anything. Like, I still... Yeah. Do you feel like you know things now? Well, no. Yesterday, like, I had an assignment where I had to go oh, in yes. and talk to young people and ask them, like, hey, do you know where to vote? Do you know who's running? Do you know the names? Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no. And I don't think they're stupid. I just think that in my industry, we all think everyone knows because we're all like, oh, yeah, this story, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but everyone's trying to one-up each other. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah a I normal know. human who doesn't do journalism is just like, um, so, where do I go? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, prime example, I didn't even know what I was supposed to do with a piece of paper. But I did vote last week. I mean, last year. Um, and For the Ontario one. Oh. And this one's this one? This one's a federal one, so, like, the country. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, I mean, what are still we voting Trudeau. I mean, I can't speak to it. I can speak to the platforms. But, yeah. honestly, the only thing that's annoyed me this whole thing, race or what's been happening, which is why it's kept me so busy mm-hmm. and angry, and you can see my Twitter, Ooh. is uh, they keep giving this platform to this guy named Maxime Bernier, who runs the People's Party of Canada, which uh-huh. is not a main party, because we all know, you know, NDP, conservative, liberal, you know, you've heard those before. Yeah. This is a brand new party. Oh. But basically, this party is run off, and it's, um, to me, it's a white supremacist party. What the fuck? It's really... It's, it's hard That's for me to talk about. Yeah, Especially like, 2019. Yes, like, he's described multiculturalism as a cult, and, like, basically, like, those ideas from the South that you think stay in the South, like the U.S. or whatever, is not... A distant... Not distance. But media outlets, and even, you know, when we have debates, he's been included in these conversations. Mm-hmm. He gets a platform, he mm-hmm. gets to speak. And, I mean, everyone argues, oh, free speech should be anything, I should be able to talk about anything. But when it comes to someone who incites hatred like that, mm-hmm. I don't feel like... It's like, would you talk to a clown, like, literally a clown about... Mm-hmm. 
would you put him on stage? Like, to me, I see him as a clown. Maybe to some Canadians, yeah. there's truth. He's speaking. Like, doesn't yeah. want immigration, you know? And maybe to people, they agree with that. And fine, that's okay. But he's not even polling at a high level. He's not going to win why do we give him this national stage to speak on? Yeah, it's kind of scary because when remember when Donald Trump started running for president, we all thought that it was a joke. And then yes, exactly. look at this mistake that we have now. Yes. So that's actually quite terrifying. I had no idea that was even happening. So. And that's happening and basically it's like... And it's in Canada that you always think these things happen in the United States and we're like, oh, them Americans. But it's, it's actually not. happening in our own backyards. That's terrifying. Happens everywhere. And so basically, like, I'm not saying this is the direct aftermath, but I'm sure it is. So Sufi's, which yeah. is a Syrian restaurant, it actually you know, was talked about in the New York Times, like this Queen Street West restaurant was a prime example of Syrian refugees coming here and mm-hmm. making a life of themselves yes. and whatever. Um, but they had to close down this week just because they were getting death threats. Their son was getting docs, which basically like going through all his history and bringing it to light. Like, So he- what happened was the son was part of this like uh, active... Yeah, he was kind of protesting against oh, yes, right. these ideas, right? Because, I mean, as a Syrian refugee, you can't even imagine how hard it is, but he's here, he's producing, like, like they have a restaurant. Mm-hmm. But basically, they had to close because of this. And and they were getting, death, like, severe death threats yes. for their safety for their workers. They decided to. And they, like, apologized on behalf of the son or something. Well, I think they apologized... That they don't condone hatred or, like, whatever. Yeah. Who are they getting the death threats from? The people who support this party that you just mentioned? I, th- I believe the people that have the same ideologies. It. And it's basically, like, you know, it's, like, a racist immigration death threat. Yeah. Like, those kind of things. And so that was disheartening. And you can't, like, when you say, like, oh, you're giving this guy a platform. Mm-hmm. I don't think, like, the next day directly people are, like, great, let's go to the series yeah. and whatever. But it adds up. And, like, that stuff... Is something that bothers me, and thank God Sufis is actually reopened today. They, uh, yeah, apparently Paramount. Yeah. That the, I mean, that guy does Mohammed so, does everything. That's, that's he really literally cute. like jumped in two seconds. He's mm-hmm. like, let's give this family a break. I'm gonna reopen Sufis mm-hmm. for them, which is is Paramount a Canadian company? Yeah, and he what has, a cute story. He's like such a philanthropist. It's a great story. I just hope that this death threat thing goes away. Yeah. But, what I'm saying is, like, who you put on the national stage, it does have small impacts everywhere. Even in a really progressive place like Queen Street West, where you think, yeah. oh, it doesn't matter. We're all, like, chill here. We love people. We're blah, blah, like, a mosaic. Yeah. A pot. Yeah, but it does. It happens right there. And yeah. it causes people to close down. So, I mean, I think Canada needs to reevaluate who they put on the stage. That's interesting. Yeah. And um, Jagmeet Singh, when he was there, like, during the debate where they all were there, he was there. Jagmeet's here. Um, who? Jagmeet Singh, who's the NDP oh, yes. leader, he basically, that People's Party guy was like, mm-hmm. I heard you didn't want me to be here, you didn't think I belonged here, but what about diversity of opinion, free speech? And Jagmeet held strong, he was like, I really still don't think you should be on the stage. Wow. Which is like a very direct thing to say, you know, and that politicians. And Canadian of yeah, him. <laughs> and politicians are really like, beat around the bush, like yeah. blah, 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 but like. We need more of that energy though. Oh, it was like real, real ass energy. I mean, yeah. Rihanna follows him. Sick. Drake follows That's him. all we need to know. And uh, <laughs> the last time a politician has seemed like kind of cool in my eyes mm. has been a while ago. Yeah. And not just because of those fan things, of but it's just he was able to speak on him. Which yeah. Is cool. I like that. Um, what have you been up to? Uh, not as much as what your brain has been up to. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, I actually listened to a really cool podcast uh, the other day by Jeff Staple, um, Business of Hype. She he interviewed Christina Pack, who is this like fashion photographer who's also Korean. Mm-hmm. Um, I followed her work like 
just through like Instagram um, for a while now, but I guess I didn't really get to understand what her history was. And she's also been a very private person. So to be able to like really figure out what her personal life was, has been really hard. So listening to this podcast interview was really cool. Also, Jeff Staple is Asian and uh, Chris Pack is Korean. So just hearing their um banter yeah and just how you know it's so normal to ask questions about like so what was it like for being the only asian like whatever and Mm -hmm. it was like so normal so kind of get into it instead of like what it's like to be in a creative industry when you are a woman of color i thought that was really cool Mm -hmm. uh one part that she talks about that really resonated with me was she said that um yeah she was super private for a long time in her instagram presence she always hid her face and like didn't want any of her face all over the place and then when she met aquafina she actually really encouraged her to be like your platform you have a voice you gotta be just you and like there's so so many people like looking after you to be a mentor because same with Aquafina same with Christina Pack and for you and me um we never had these Asian cool ass Asians like paving the way for what they're doing now to be like a really cool job so yeah yeah, I thought that was really cool um not to be like we're at any levels of like Christina Pack or like Aquafina but I feel like as there are more role models and like more um people that you can even more tangibly reach out and ask for that's maybe within the realm of like what you're interested in the more representation we have again Mm -hmm. it's like our ongoing theme is the better so i really like that episode if you guys are interested you guys should totally listen to it i liked it laughed a bit um we'll link it in the description yeah oh yeah we'll do that wow (laughs) um but yeah that brings up a good point which is kind of what we're talking about today kind of like you know aquafina christina peck we didn't really have those kind of people who you know, female, young, Asian to speak up. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's, like, I guess what we're talking about today is kind of that model minority myth where, Mm -hmm. you know, like, everything seems cool. We're really quiet. We do our job. We do everything, um, you know, to tea quietly. It's not like we're very outspoken people. Like, and that's the stereotype that we really hope to squash with with these creatives. It's, Mm -hmm. like, they're out here being funny. We're making waves, man. Yeah, Yeah. being funny, taking, like, amazing photos. and. You know, it's kind of like a wave, and finally, I think, if you're a younger Asian woman, maybe you can find, you know, a few of these. I'm not saying they're everywhere, but, Mm -hmm. like, it's not like we all have to be our heads down and not speak up. Yeah, um, especially coming from being an immigrant, um, we were already um, so, like standing out in a crowd being Asian amongst like all these like white people when we first came to Canada personally for my experience you know we never wanted to stand out we never wanted to like be the one having like smelly lunch or even at like a grocery store oh my oh I have like so many memories of my mom we go to winners and she wants to buy furniture but there's like a little scratch on it so she would bring me over to like go ask them for a discount and I'm like mom this is so embarrassing how old are you uh, like in high school oh no um but things like that like you know um to me my I would try to like shush my mom like mom just buy it like I don't want to cause more of a scene and like I think maybe that's like my own immigrant minority that I implemented myself to like be a certain way um and it's so relevant now too so um the reason why we're talking about this what ignited our conversation is um Rowena Chu yeah. uh wrote an op, op isn't an op-ed yeah, yeah. she's a the um, former Harvey Weinstein's assistant. Yes. So she wrote for the New York Times uh, and speaking up finally about her Me Too movement um, story that happened with her and Harvey Weinstein. And um, she is a British Chinese um, immigrant. And then uh, she talks about how there was uh, 
a like model minority cliche that really deeply impacted um, on the reason why she never was able to speak up before. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess we just kind of want to like talk un- about un- that. yeah untangle that because yeah. that shit was heavy. I mean, it was heavy, and I think the main thing that I love that they that she put right at the beginning were like four power imbalances because again, I think mm-hmm. we always just see things as like. Not we always, but life sometimes it's just like people see it as black and white. Oh, you're a woman. This is going to be hard. Or you're of race. Yeah. It's going to be hard. But you're a disadvantage for this. Yeah, it's called, it's about intersectionality. You could be a woman, an Asian woman, which makes it harder. And like, you know, someone in a place of non-power and then also someone who does not have a lot of wealth. So we're talking about four power imbalances. And when it comes to Asian women, like, I don't know about you, but... The stereotype and what I've always been taught, what my people, what, what Chinese people have always been taught, is to do your job, keep your head down, and don't cause trouble. Like mm-hmm. if you feel Follow the if you feel emotional, if like something overwhelms you, that's your Shut fault. Shut that shit down. Yeah, like that's your fault for being out of control, and mm-hmm. especially when you come to a new country. And like you said, like with the winners, <laughs> oh, I don't want like it was the same in the yeah. elevator. I didn't want my mom to speak Chinese because yeah. I was like. I don't want you to seem like you're just some random person. Like, let's just speak quietly in the car. Like, when yeah. you, like we don't need to speak aloud. Don't draw attention to us. When, like, a white person came in, I was like, please, just, like, you know. like Shut just don't want to attention. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't talk. Yeah. Right? Like, and now I look back, I'm like, shit, that is so sad that we think we that We silenced way. our own culture. Yeah. Yeah. And so when things like this happen, which is, you know, we're talking about rape, sexual assault, like, mm-hmm. very... Very heavy. Heavy things, and things that happen all the time to women and Mm -hmm. like I just think Asian women there's a stereotype and I think you can read the quote even Weinstein is basically saying yeah he was like um he doesn't do Chinese girls and and that he's never had a Chinese girl and that was what Rowena was to Harvey Weinstein just like an object or like something to check off of his list like he didn't even see her or value her as a human it was just like never had Chinese before like I'm sorry are we ordering dinner yeah that's disgusting I know and it was because she like said she was a model minority that doesn't speak up like that whole cliche she he felt he could overpower her he all the time totally took advantage of that um yeah another like excerpt from that was as with many asian women this meant that i was visible as a sex object invisible as a person harvey may not have created this imbalance but he had many he but he and many others have capitalized on it knowingly or unknowingly to base women of color yes yeah I think, again, like like we said, we just, we don't, like, we're not taught to speak. It really takes me, even, like, raising my hand in school. We're talking about small things. Oh, my God, yeah. I was so nervous that if I answer something, I would say it out in an accent, and then yeah. people would make fun of me. So, and like, you're an immigrant, so that's yeah. even harder. I can't yeah. even imagine. But even as someone who was born here, and I can speak English, and I know that. There Zero was, accent. There's a part of me that, like, raising my hand, I thought an accent would come out, and I'm like, but where would that, like, mm-hmm. I'm Canadian, but I was already still afraid. I'd rather just do my work, show for the grades, and not say anything or complain or whatever. Yeah, just coast. Um, another example for me that comes up is, um, of course, since my parents were immigrants here, they didn't have any, like, networks to help me, you know, get a job after I was done school or anything. And my mom, I think, in her humbling way, one uh, would instill these ideas and maybe, like, you know, Jasmine, like, I can't help you get a job or I don't have any connections. Like, you got to work extra harder. you got to be, like, um, do so much more. And to me... 
I don't know, it worked, I think it worked my advantage or, and also I don't know if it was because I was naive, but I never saw me being an immigrant or a woman of color to be ever disadvantaged in getting a job or, you know, pursuing my career. And I think that, not that it made me like work extra harder, but I never had that chip on my shoulder to be like, oh, I'm Asian. Like I, I'm going to have all these disadvantages, um, obstacles in front of me. I just like stood stood my ground and was like I'm gonna, I have every single opportunity as any other person that is in my class and I never let that like waver me which I think um not that it like desensitized to maybe these like power imbalances that's happening but um I think that definitely helped me keep my head on straight to be like you know what nothing's gonna take me down and yeah. like I am not a minority like and maybe in the, like it's gonna disadvantage me in yeah. any way maybe you like overcame it just maybe even knowing stereotype in your head it was unacceptable for you yeah, to, to fall to it at all. yes if yes. we're ever to call me up being like oh like I guess you didn't get that job because like my dad knows this person who's like right. the head of this company whatever right. um so I guess um maybe just like not even faking it till I make it but yeah I just never let that be a disadvantage and maybe that's like a grit like the grit that I had to just like pursue but to like opposite of that is um yeah I do sometimes feel like even with my family dynamic I guess like we are even if I raise a situation to my mom about something that's happening at work and I was like oh uh, for example it's like oh, I'm not getting on with like my manager or whatever for her her first instance to be like just write it out like you're gonna be fine like don't speak up don't say anything don't draw attention to yourself mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. just gotta like get on it and like yeah. to me that's not an advice that I it re- resonates with me because I want it's it, my natural being to want to speak up and like say how exactly how I feel, but in a professional manner. And that's my second nature, but still my parents who are in a different generation, grew up in a different culture, their immediate reaction to be like, don't draw attention yeah, yeah, to yeah. yourself. Yeah. And I, I think that we're different in other ways. I just have that more feeling of your parents and my parents where yeah. I am so good at faking it, like nothing's wrong with me. And it really adds up is like adds up when you're just like ignoring it and yes and there's yeah it's not like a selfish thing but like last time we talked about like the farewell and you know how everyone was hiding their sadness just to pretend something happened yeah. and that's literally you can relate the two so easily it's not about like you my mom would always say what are you gonna do if you complain you're just gonna cause problems for everyone why don't you just be happy and then don't complain and then just let it like rush over and just whatever and so everyone can work as a unit like but you live in a place in North America where people are very that's not like a shared kind of love no. family thing it's <laughs> we're it, not kumbayaing every night no no it's <laughs> you know competitive like all mm-hmm. for yourself and that's why I feel like there is a there's this feel like there's a ceiling that people hit when in jobs it's called like bamboo ceiling where what is that it's like for Asian people it's like they are afraid to speak up I've never heard of that before I there's a it. book about it you should read cool. it it's crazy it's like Asian people have been taught to not speak up to like let the flow of work be bigger but those who complain more and usually they are their white counterparts mm-hmm. they get you know the raises and they get the promotions yeah it's like they have thoughts and like they're causing a little bit of chaos or whatever but at the end of the day they're like oh we respect you as a peer because you had you you came to me blah 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 Mm -hmm. like because we've been always taught not to draw attention to ourselves it has like I've struggled with it but now I think I'm getting better with it yeah Um, I think there is some um sense of like poise and maybe like elegance of handling those situations because like I know from like 
be me being a manager if I had asked someone to do something and they're like passive aggressively yeah sure like that doesn't make me feel good as a manager you sometimes do have to you know put a face to it to be like yeah like absolutely you got it like I'll do it and then in turn you can use that to your disadvantage when you're like raising questions like look like I did x y and z as you've asked like in a pleasant way like whatever um but I think for our parents like especially in Korea I can speak to it as like the working force that you just work and the hierarchy and the level of respect that you have to have for someone that's older and someone that's above you it is insane and like they like beat the shit out of you if you don't like respect them so I think having that like having to defy um someone in the senior level is not in their second nature and this seems so frowned upon and like almost like impossible to do so in our millennial generation yes we do feel like you know we are deserving of things and you know we have every right to stand out which i think is true and not a negative way um but there has to be a balance of like being able to speak up because you know it's your right and like you can but also like being poised and like professional yeah about it but i think as uh, like women of color and like as Asians and like immigrants I think there is an added layer because we are um, implemented all these ide- ideologies like from our parents and I think people here have ideas about us like when we watch yeah and I don't, I don't mean just porn but like it's like not like I watch porn and we know this but it's a yeah. general but knowledge thing yeah that the porn Asian porn is submissive it's super like it's I don't like need to, school girl or yeah. like yeah so very or like young or like yeah. Like, she will do anything. Even, like, anime, it's always, like, you know, the male has so much more dominance and, like, power. And, like, it's, like, a poor little Asian girl. And, I mean, I think even when you go to a bar, like, as an Asian woman, you can feel that vibe for sure. Like, like, I think maybe... Okay, some guys might talk to any person. Yeah. But when it comes to, like, an Asian woman, it's super predatory almost. It's super, like, oh, I can take care of you and you're going to come with me and blah, blah, blah. And, like... I just think that that's the view of Asian women, which is a flip from Asian men who are like, you know, they're so feminine, yes. you know, they're not love, but we're so over-sexualized in that way. Like, yeah. from movies, it doesn't even have to be, like, extreme to porn, but, like, mm-hmm. movies, like, all that stuff. It's just... Yeah, it's always, like, the, like, Asian girls who, like, doesn't speak English, they're always, like, just giggling, and the guys are yeah, like, gentle. oh, I got you, like, don't worry. Like, yeah. ew, I actually feel really grossed out now. But I know, you're right? absolutely right. But yeah. this is this... Har- this Harvey thing like yeah. it reminds me of that the fact that he would even like choose her and says oh I don't do Chinese I've never had Chinese and like, then flipped it around being like you know just knowing they don't speak out that much yeah. like it is like he's he capitalizing on it yeah. 100% I think he's she said it perfectly when it was like uh, he may not have created this imbalance but he and many others have capitalized on it knowingly and unknowingly and it's so true it's like we almost like just normalize it and again for so many behaviors that is like so intolerable that we just let it be and then now you know someone like uh someone incredible like her who can speak up and like she was so, it, throughout the entire um op-ed she talks about like i just didn't want my family to have to hear about this yeah. and like my kids to have to see this and read this about me and like that's another like i understand where she's coming from because yeah. to be able to had this kind of story so publicly in an Asian family, I can only imagine like yeah. what their parents are going through and like what the the amount of like gossip that she yeah. um, induced. And like it, this, that's a funny point because usually it's cathartic for that person, right? But but it's for not. Her, it's like she felt like she had to hide it because the family thing, like throw everything under the rug and make sure everything's okay. Yeah. It's such an Asian sentiment, right? Yeah. Like, and so her writing this, I mean, Me Too, if you really look at the Me Too movement, especially with Harvey Weinstein, maybe that was 2016, 2017, yeah. 
and this is 2019 it took her that long you know to summon the courage and I understand that fear so much it's like chaos or like not looking like you're okay is a very bad virtue for Asian mm -hmm. people and I, I like as a person who was you know I, I was a victim of like mm -hmm. sexual and physical abuse like back when I was younger mm -hmm. that's some stuff I don't even think to this day like I've told my mom and my dad but, but I never want to go in depth about it yeah. and it, I've only and grown so from publicly, it yeah and I've only grown from it talking to you know people like you or like my friends like mm -hmm. I'm not like it's so brave of her to go public like this mm -hmm. but if, even for me like I'm talking right now but it's a hard thing to share because it's like you don't want to show this chaos for your family yeah of course like you would make the most excuses to be why you deserve to be treated this way mm -hmm. you know and it's in your mind it, it distorts you like where this person will make you cry and regardless of like it's not even right it's it's you know it in your gut if you were away from the situation yeah. it's a hundred percent wrong with the mm -hmm. things that they're doing to you but then you look back at it and you're like no, this has to be my fault. Like something, something I, something did. I did, like yeah. triggered this, and I should be the one saying sorry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It is such a sick cycle, sick cycle, and it's psychotic. It's so hard to break out of, and it's like very crazy. But from that day, I was maybe this really shy person that mm -hmm. we're all talking about yeah. who didn't share anything, was submissive, and now from that experience, which is as traumatic as it was, mm -hmm. like to this day, that's never gonna happen to me again. Yeah. And I can only speak on that. Badass woman I know. Yeah. Hey. hey. <laughs> so, yeah, like, it's super rough, and I think it happens a lot to Asian women just because, mm -hmm. again, it, it, it's easy. Like, I think a lot of male people, male, like, male, men, people. male people, I'm like, men? Because I don't want to say that all men are like, I'm just like, yeah. those kind of guys, like, they target those kind of people because yeah. it's easy for they them to not say it. anything. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's so sick in so many different levels. But yeah, I think um, I think the stories like this coming out and like you bravely like talking about that as well, like we are breaking the barrier and like we're saying no more to like normalizing this. And like, yeah, we may have or the society may have made this normal, but like no longer, like we're done. And yeah, I think the more we, you know, break our own stereotypes that we may have created and um, has been passed down to us, but now it's like our time to, you know, yeah. continue to speak up and, you know, stop making those norm things normalized. Yeah. yeah. And I think it only helps when we have those examples, like tying to the beginning, like, yeah. you know, like when Sandra O oh, like is out here winning awards yeah. and she's hosting Emmys, Oscars. Yeah, and wearing that shirt, being like, I'm proud to be Asian. Yeah. Or like, it's a privilege to be Asian. Yes. So I think that's why when we see small, it's not small, but it's a t-shirt. It's yeah. a message. And maybe it is small. It's just words, whatever. Yeah. But it really resonates for all of us. You know, I think cross Asian borders, like it doesn't even matter if you're Korean, I'm Chinese, mm -hmm. Japanese. Like, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I've had this talk with multiple Asian women. Yeah. And it's like earth shattering at this, po at this moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, we're definitely... Um, it, um, actually, like, Jeff Staple and Christina Pack also mentioned this, too. But, like, uh, Jeff Staples talks about, like, you know, it's almost, like, unnerving how much of a moment Asians are having right now. And it's, like, we're just at the peak of the iceberg. And yes. like, who knows what's going to be next. And it's, like, so exciting to be part of this, like, riding this wave out. But there's so much more we can be doing and, like, so many more stories we need to share. And for someone as iconic as these two to be acknowledging that and, like, wanting to foster and, like, really welcome the rest of the Asian population to like really speak up in this like generation. I think we're onto something mm -hmm. and like, I can't wait to see what's like. No, I'm so ready for it to pop off. Yeah. And we'll see it soon. Hopefully like in more 
movies or even leadership roles. Hopefully yeah. we can soon do that. And even, I mean, this podcast, I'm not saying it has anything as big as the what stuff do they're doing. What do you mean? Sorry, this is an earth-shattering <laughs> podcast. This is the only podcast that matters. Yeah, but please actually DM us and write to us if you guys have. Yeah, we actually have been, like, screenshotting every loving message that we've been getting. You guys are so nice. Yeah, I actually feel very loved. Yeah. We feel loved, but... Sorry on our both behalf for never <laughs> releasing something on a schedule, but yo, we got lives too. But we had stuff to do. But yeah. after this craziness, I mean, I'm sure we'll be back at it. And I we mean, are if you want to back at it, we are. And oh, we'll be interviewing people now. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Our I almost voices. left this forgetting to even tell you. Yeah, I mean, I gotta give a shout out to my girl Sophie. She's gonna be on the podcast. <laughs> you <soon. again>. Sophie. <laughs> yeah, and then, um, yeah, we got some really actually crazy, talented, amazing people that we want to be chatting. We are going to be chatting to, so. But no spoilers. Don't give up on us now. No, and please email us at hi at imaidin.com. And follow us on the gram at 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 I made in underscore. underscore. <laughs> Girl, I'm at I made in underscore. Get that. Whatever you said. <laughs> okay. um, anyways, have a great week. Bye.